It's always nice to get the validation from my computer that I'm alive. I realize that isn't strictly speaking what it means, but it did just tell me I'm live. Just adjusting the old microphone, and actually we're gonna make this lighting just a little bit less spicy. That's a bit better. Hey, uh, if you're watching the video, if it looks like there's a supernova happening over what's admittedly my left shoulder, but it might look like my right shoulder because of mirror, I don't know how that stuff works. Over this shoulder, uh, that's because uh, we have a light display in our front window right now that I made way bigger than it needed to be. Hey, Jake. Um, we're doing this thing on our street. It's delightful for it's for the kids. But the adults are getting into it, too, you know, uh, it's like a neighborhood advent calendar. So every day somebody else displays the number of that day. We were number seven. That was five days ago. And uh, so we have a big seven in our front window. It's a big piece of cardboard. And then we cut out the seven and then we did, have you ever done the stained glass, but with tissue paper and glue, we did a stained glass seven tissue paper, stained glass seven. And then I backlit it with, <laughs> I had three extra LED, um, they're like the size of fluorescent tubes, but they're standalone lights that I use in my shop. And, uh, I had three extras <clears throat> and they are not dim. In fact, they light up the entire entire front area of our house. Oh, I'm choking on something trying to tell you this story. Gosh. Anyway, it's delightful. And then, you know, every day when the kids are walking to school or out and about, they look around and try and find, oh, where's today? You know, where was number 12 today? No, 13. That means it's been six days. Anyway, you get the point. It's very exciting. It's a very nice little community thing to do. So highly recommend if you have kids live in a neighborhood consider the advent calendar but i digress it is time to drink some beer <clears throat> i don't know what this little catches in my throat but you know what's gonna help it beer beer is gonna help what are we drinking tonight well you remember if you were listening last week i said i already knew what we were gonna have i already had it and i have it and i'm about to have it i just used all three tenths there crazy old english picked this up a little while back at uh, Amsterdam. This is Homegrown Saison. Oh, nice focus pull there, YouTube. Perfect. What a delightful little picture. If you're not if you're not watching, if you're listening, it's a it's a farm with a silo and there in the background there's a windmill. Now that might seem a little out of character. Windmill. We don't have too many windmills here in Ontario. We have a few. None of them are really functional that I know of. And you might First, think this is because saisons tend to be from Belgium or the Belgian speaking. No, wait, people don't speak Belgian. The Flemish, is that the word I'm looking for? Parts of France? Anyway, uh, and parts of the Netherlands where uh, uh, windmills are a thing. And you wouldn't be wrong. But much more likely what this little windmill is a little nod to is the fact that Ian, the brewmaster at Amsterdam, is a Dutch citizen. But it's a little bit more complicated than just being a Dutch citizen. Oh, hi, Ben Johnson. It's a little bit more complicated than that because he is a Dutch citizen, but he was not born in the Netherlands. 
He was not born below sea level. He was born above sea level, but only a little. And that's the hint. Ian's from Curacao, which is a Dutch... It's not even a colony. It's part of the Netherlands. It's just an island in the Caribbean. Did you know that? Because you do now. Anyway, he's Dutch. Isn't that crazy? I mean, he's Canadian now, I think. I think he's fully Canadian. But he was born in Curacao. He probably has split citizenship. So Ian is Dutch. Ben says, we have tons of windmills in Ontario, Chris. I mean, are you talking like electric windmills? Because, yeah, we have tons of those. I mean, that kind of windmill. This old, timey, wooden-sided, yeah, I know, turbines, wind turbines. You're right. Ben Johnson is absolutely right, and I love it. We have tons of wind turbines, which are windmills, but they aren't driving mills. I mean, they might be via electricity, but they don't direct drive mills and they don't direct drive wood shops, which is crazy cool, by the way. Um, we have 2,663 turbines in Ontario. Ben just Googled it. God bless you, Ben Johnson, and your Googling ways. Uh, yes, we have windmills if we count them like that, but not these ones. And that's what we're talking about. And why are we talking about it five minutes into the episode? I haven't even done this yet. Oh, wait, I need to be careful. I was going to very dramatically open uh, this bottle. But it's a Saison. It might be very active. If yeah, We're both right, Ben. You're right. Yay, team. Go team. This might be a very active beer. Sorry, guys. I'm having a little side chatter with my buddy. If you're listening to this and not following the chat and the Instagram, this must be infuriating. Uh, I'm going to open this, but as noted, Saison sometimes kind of explode all over yourself. Uh, so I'm going to do it with caution. I don't have anything ready to clean up. I might just have to take off my shirt. <laughs> I don't know if that's a threat or a promise. Anyway, here we go. Okay, we're okay. It's developing some head. But it's okay. It's not it's not surging. That's what we call it. It hasn't surged. Now I'm going to pour it. I'm going to demonstrate a nice pour for the kids at home watching the videos. All you good little boys and girls out there in beer land. Thinking, man, you know what I would get down to right now? A nice Saison. Okay. That is a good looking Saison. Straw yellow. Um a little a little haze to it but it's clear like yeah i can actually see my instagram screen through it yeah it's it's a clear beer it's just got a it's not brilliantly clear it's got a little haze to it but you can see right through it nice soapy white head pretty active carbonation i'm not gonna lie can you see those bubbles in the video if you're watching the video they're bubbling yeah uh so what do we got saison I know nothing about this. It's called homegrown. It makes me think there's probably some Ontario ingredients in here, but I can't tell you that based on the smell. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Hmm. Hang on. Okay, so that's a little surprising right out of the gate. Oh, there's a citrusy quality, almost lemony. It smells like New World hops. Just strange because I know Ian well enough to know that he tends to like to use uh, uh, Styrian, especially Golding's hops. Uh, perhaps some. Um, come on, help me out here. Saz. He likes spicy old world hops, but this. 
This does not smell like old world hops. It smells like new world hops. Not like IPA levels of new world hops, but there's a really juicy citrusy quality to the nose. Yeah, it's earthy and a little orangey is actually what I think I'm getting. Malts, I mean, it smells like Pilsner malt. Um, not getting a ton of other complexity off of that. I'm looking for the Saison. So Saison should always have a yeast quality to it. Now, uh, full disclosure, I was just drinking a Lake Effect IPA from Great Lakes, so I might need to sort of reset things a little. You know how I like to do that if you listen to this show. I smell my own skin. And at the moment, I must say, I smell pretty good. I think I smell pretty good. Okay, let's try again. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, it's almost a medicinally spicy kind of quality to it. But it's, the main uh, attraction here seems to be hops. I think, maybe there's citrus in this. I don't know, I haven't read the label. Well, I'm gonna drink it. Mmm, mm-hmm, mmm. That's good. Holy moly, that's good. Oh, yeah, no. Um, uh, uh, white pepper, maybe a little nutmeg. Sort of a generic spicy yeast quality. But once again, interesting. Maybe... Maybe it isn't hops I'm smelling. It it's it's got a lemony quality to it, or an, again, it's not sorry, it's not lemony. It's it's a little tart, but it's orangey lemony. It's citrusy. Hang on. Yeah, and a little dank. No, that is hops. I'm pretty sure it's hops. I think. Incidentally. I don't, oh, I don't like committing to this. It's Pilsnery malty. It might be floor malted. There's a dank quality that I think is the hops, but sometimes floor malted Pilsner gets this complexity to it that isn't quite, well, you know when I talk about like, uh, uh, like canvas, it's almost a little canvassy. Ben Johnson says, this sounds lovely, though I'm not sure I've ever had an Ian made Saison I didn't like. Amen to that. He makes, I mean, uh, Fantastic Saisons, I was going to say, I don't know if I've had an Ian made beer I didn't like, um, just to one-up that. But, uh, yeah, Ian makes some pretty mean Saisons. Yeah, Ben Johnson, why don't you just come on the podcast? I know you got COVID. You can't smell anything right now, but always welcome, buddy. Um, anyway, back to this. I think it is, it could be floor malted Pilsner. And, yeah, there's a tartness, so that can be from the Saison yeast, for sure. But there's also this citrusy quality that I think is the hops, because I think there's New World hops in here. It's not bitter, like there's no, it's not IPA at all, it's just aromatics more than anything. Really nice spicy Saison yeast. I'm amazed I wasn't getting that on the on the on the nose, but I think it's just because the hops are so aromatic. Like now that I've tasted it, smelling it, I'm like, yeah, I can smell what I was tasting, but it's way more prevalent on the palate. 
Um, and it's quite dry, but a little tart. Fantastic beer. Uh, really nice weight. It's, um, I mean, it's quite a light-bodied beer, but it's a little bit more dense than you would expect sometimes from a Saison. Again, especially because it's quite dry. Dry beers tend to lack body because they've lost a lot of their sugar, and sugar and protein are the two things that make beer have body. Um, so it's it's got a bit more body than I would have expected, but it's quite l nice. Carbonation's like small and prickly, just the way I like it. Hmm. Yeah. Mmm, there could be some, uh, oh, hey, babe, Erica just joined in. Kids must be in bed. Um, I wonder if there's some candy sugar in here. There's a, um, a sucrosey kind of quality, or like a dextrosy, but not like in, like, dextrose syrup, more like in a candy sugar kind of way. Hmm. Could be. Could be. Finish, incidentally... Slightly tart. Again, citrusy and a little earthy uh, on the finish. Not quite dank. I've been saying dank. It's not quite dank. Let's go with earthy. Earthy is probably a better way of putting that. Uh, like wet forest floor. You know, that doesn't sound super appealing, does it? Oh, and I just actually burped a little bit. The yeast is very prevalent when I burp. Very prevalent. Uh, hang on. Again, I don't like to put my name on this. I know Amsterdam uses a lot of escarpment, and this could be New World Saison from escarpment, but I have a sneaking suspicion it's a French Saison yeast, and it might specifically be 3711. I've made in, the, in my past a lot of beers with 3711, and there is a taste to this that... Um, it tastes like 3711, uh, which is a yeast strain. That's French Saison from Y yeast, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, it's a very hearty yeast. You can ferment it into the 30s uh, degrees Celsius, which is ridiculous. It's like Kvike yeast. Um, oh, there's a little alcohol to this, too. Yeah, a little bit of a warming alcohol thing. What are the percentages on this? It's not like boozy, but there's some heat to it. I bet it's over six. I bet it's like six and a half. Okay. Hey, we can answer a lot of these questions by going to the bottle. What have we got here? This is Amsterdam Adventure Brew Specialty Beer Program. It does say strong beer, so we know it's over 5.5%. Homegrown Saison. Again, beautiful pastoral picture with a windmill. Uh, homegrown Ontario ingredients. Sounds like it might be all of them. Malts. Oh, interesting. I was completely wrong about this. Uh, now, I don't know why they've listed them in this order, because I have to assume maybe it's 50% wheat, which explains that tartness. There is malted wheat in here. There's also raw wheat. There's Munich in here, which could be what... Munich's got a caramelly quality. That could be what I was saying when I thought candy sugar. It just says lager malt. Don't even know what that is. Well, to be fair, if it's all Ontario, it's from one of the Ontario producers. So it's something specific that they're growing. And then raw barley and raw wheat. Here's where I feel 
kind of justified. Uh, the hops are Chinook and Cascade, the two of the major sea hops. Definite orange appeal. See what I did there? Appeal. I didn't know this was the dad joke night, but there it is. Uh, what does this say? Homegrown says on 6.5% alcohol, 32 IBU. That's generous for a Saison. Tasting notes. This Saison is made with 100% Ontario-grown hops and barley. The blend of barley and wheat malts hails from Barn Owl. There you go, in Belleville. And the hops are grown in Eden by our friends at VQH Farms, two of the major Ontario producers right now. Aromas of white sage, candied lemon, and pear. Huh. Didn't get the pear so much. I mean, of course, as soon as somebody says that, I'm like, yeah, well, of course it tastes like pears. What idiot wouldn't know that? Pears all day. It's apparent there's pears in here. There isn't actually, by the way, guys, that's just taste. Candied lemon. I'm still, I know I kept saying lemony. I'm still sticking with orange, though. Uh, the beer has a refreshing dry finish with a hint of grassy bitterness. It definitely has some hoppy bitterness on the finish. Grassy isn't necessarily the direction I would have gone with that. I'm finding it more earthy again. Forest floor E. An ode to homegrown ingredients. Well, you know what I'll tell you about this beer that wasn't on the bottle? It's killer. This is a really good saison. Very interesting, too, because it isn't a... Uh, it isn't a, a typical take on the style. Most of the time, if somebody does a straight saison like this and they're not, they haven't identified it as a regionally specific saison. Most of the time, what you get is um, Pilsner malt, maybe some darker malts. I used to always do my saisons with Munich and Vienna. Um, and I would do like, uh, three parts Vienna to two parts Munich. That's just my own thing. Um, up to 10% of the total, uh, malt bill. Um, wheat, totally common. Rye and spelt, also not uncommon in saisons of any stripe. Um, but then again, typically, uh, you're looking for yeast driven flavor. The saison yeast is generally the major there are other contributing factors, but the Saison yeast is what really kind of separates Saison out from other styles. Um, and then typically you would hop it and it can actually be hey Canadian canning. It can actually be a, uh, a hoppier beer, uh, without, you know, getting into IPA territory or anything, uh, but it can have notable hoppy qualities, but typically you would use noble hops. Um, and again, the golden, uh, varieties, um, and I, uh, from my point of view, you can't do much better than uh, Styrian Golding, S Goldings. Um, Saws works really well. Um, why am I blanking on that French one? There's a good French hop that you can use in saisons with a lot of success. Uh, you tend to get spices, grassiness, which was mentioned in the description, though I get more earthy. Um, but again, the hops in this case were, were Cascade and, and Chinook. So they're going to tend towards the earthy side. Um, yeah, that's what you would typically aim for. The fact now, part of this is because when you're saying we're only going to use Ontario grown ingredients, 
that does become a bit of a limiting factor. Um, it's it's going to be based on, I mean, they have contracts even with Ontario growers, I think. Um, but you just, it's not like you can just say, I want ingredient X and I want it from Ontario. You kind of look at what's available and then you make the beer based on that. Um, so I don't know if it was an intentional choice to use New World hops. Uh, I mean, alternatively, Styrian Goldings, I don't even know if anybody is producing Styrian at at production levels. Uh, you know, hobbyists probably grow it, but I don't know if any of the major farms are. Um, but even like Saws, I know we do grow Ontario Saws hops now, but it would be interesting because the nature of growing hops, if you grow them in Ontario, they don't necessarily taste the way they taste if you grew them in the Czech Republic. Uh, so it could also just be a, a factor that those uh, noble hops... Uh, didn't fit the bill from a flavor uh, profile. Who knows? I don't know. I could ask Ian, but I'm not going to. At least not right now. I might message him after this podcast is over. Uh, but this is a really delightful uh, beer. Still want to know the yeast, though, and it doesn't say. I think it's a French Saison yeast. I think it's 3711. That I kind of do want to know. Uh, and I will check that the more that I think about it. But I digress. This is a really good beer. Uh, big bottle. It's a bomber. It's 650, clocking at six and a half percent. I am going to finish it, but that's uh, it's no mean feat. Let's say that. Um, good sharing bottle. Definitely a good sharing bottle. Um, really nice beer. I mean, as Ben and I discussed on the sidebar, Ian makes killer saisons and also good uh, beer to guards which are related uh but just has a real just intuitive take on them now that said i don't even actually know if this is ian's beer of course amsterdam has a lot of brewers this could be somebody else's recipe certainly he oversees things um but it's it's very possible this was somebody else's recipe and if it is that person should make more saisons amsterdam Ian, whoever, whoever made this beer, tell them to do this sort of thing more because it's real, real good. I'm enjoying it a lot. And yeah, love that idea of the New World hops in there. It's different. Uh, and again, the wheat in there with that hopping, it does give a, a sort of a tartness to it that's quite enjoyable. And again, Saison's can kick some of that themselves. So um, great simpatico there. I think it's just fantastic. Really good stuff. Hmm. Well, well, what are we going to eat with it, of course? Always the question. I got to tell you, this is a beer that's going to work really well with mussels. Like, really well with mussels. Uh, you could yeah, add some uh, into the cooking liquid and then have a nice, generous glass with the mussels. That'd be nice. Um, this actually would work really well. I don't know if I've ever even told you about this. Um, are you familiar with, I, I'm not going to say this right, uh, I married into a Dutch family and I try to pretend like I can speak a bit of Dutch, but I can't. Not even a little. Uh, patat orlog, that's going to be my attempt at that word, that phrase. Uh, what does that mean? It means war fries. War fries. War fries are a Dutch street food you can get in the Netherlands. Nice, thick-cut uh French fries or chips, as they might call them in the UK, um, with Indonesian peanut sauce and white onions and some mayonnaise. Uh, 
that's the classic uh, take on that. I'm going to tell you about my take in a second, but stepping back for a second, that with this would be magic. So uh, Indonesian peanut sauce has quite a spice profile to it. Um, it's typically made with a red curry paste, which has a lot of spices in it. Um, not least like galangal, which is like Indonesian ginger, um, some dried spices, um, uh, peppers. It's something. Then obviously peanut um, tastes like peanuts. Uh, and then mayonnaise and onions. So this beer, tart and dry, obviously going to cut through all that richness, the mayonnaise, the peanut sauce, the French fries really nicely. Uh, then it's going to complement the spicy quality of the peanut sauce. And um, also uh, that's Dutch food. And um, this isn't strictly speaking a Dutch Saison, but it does have a windmill on it. So sometimes you just have to drink with your eyes. And we're going to do that tonight. That is uh, classic war fries, which you could have with this and have a really good night. But wait, there's more. There's this um, food pur purveyor. They might be a food truck. Uh, the only place I've encountered them, though, is at the Canadian National Exhibition in the food building. It is a Dutch fry place and you can get war fries from them. Patate or log, which incidentally, I think you can also get at Borel, which is the Borel, Borel, I don't know how you say it, on the Danforth, the Dutch uh, bar. Really cool place. You should check that place out for sure. But this French fry place introduced us to something that we adopted, tweaked a little, kind of made our own. Uh, and uh, what we call it in this household is Dutch poutine. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, not the podcast, but me personally, Chris Schreier, Dutch name, by the way, I told you I married into it. Uh, you can even just scroll back and you'll find at least a few photos of Dutch poutine that I've eaten uh, within, say, the past year. Uh, what is it? Well, it's like war fries on steroids. So we take fries, we put the peanut sauce on there. So far, so the same. Uh, also, uh, Possibly some uh, white onions diced up, but also definitely green onions, scallions. Um, that goes on top. Yeah. Then uh, the mayonnaise for sure. And, and by the way, ideally out of a squeeze bottle, you want like lines of mayonnaise. You don't want like a dollop of mayonnaise on top so much. I don't know how they do it in, in Rotterdam, but that's how I do it here. Squeeze lines of mayo on there. But then also uh, cucumber. You need some chunked up cucumber on there. Go with me. Trust me on this one. Uh, also, sriracha, like the classic sriracha. Don't get fancy. Cheapest chips, rooster brand sriracha up on there. And then uh, crispy fried onions, which you buy at Asian markets. It's Indonesian. You get them in like a big plastic container and they're like brown, crispy onion bits. They're fantastic. You're going to put those on top, too. That is in our household is called Dutch poutine. And in the same way that war fries were going to be good with this, that's also going to be good with it. Added bonus, spicy. That's what I'm talking about. Spicy. So good. Dutch poutine, war fries, whatever. They're all going to work really well with this. Or mussels if you want to be, you know, obvious about things. But war fries, get some of that into you. Trust me. Look it up. It's like P-A-T-A-J-E-O-O-R-L-O-G. 
I think is how you spell it in Dutch. Look it up. You will not be sorry. If you like delicious things. If you don't like delicious things, don't bother. You'll be really disappointed. But if you like delicious things, you're going to love that. Hey, I'm going to have a drink. One sec. That really is something special. I can't wait, actually. Um, I'm going to do a quick little pour here. I'm going to uh, you see what I'm doing here on the camera, or if you're listening. I'm actually swirling the bottle up a little bit because I suspect this bottle will have settled out a little and that what I'm about to pour out is going to be hazier. Huh, actually. Yeah, it's no longer translucent. I can't see through it anymore. It wasn't as hazy as I was expecting it to be. Whoa. Mm. Not unexpected, but what really comes through now is the yeast characteristic, which makes sense. That means some of the yeast had settled out to the bottom of the bottle, and when you mix it back up and in, you get more of it. Um, <laughs> they're not fooling about sage. There is definitely sage in that yeast profile. It's funny because when I was talking about how the hops are kind of earthy, it's sage is very earthy. So that was, I couldn't disentangle that in my mind the way it was, but I can now for sure. Also suggestibility. So maybe a bit of both. Oh, hey, Anthony. Pardon me. I've just burped again. Very poor taste. Hey, I'm going to have a sip and then we're going to talk about something else. I'm very excited about it. Mm, what am I excited about? Well, friends, my friends, what have I been ranting at you about for the past like three weeks? It's have you checked out Spent Grains, the craft beer zine that I produced? First edition came out in November and I would be lying if I said I wasn't very pleased with how it came out. And I got a lot of really nice feedback about it, which is great. And nobody pointed out the like seven notable typos that were in it, which I noticed and which drove me bonkers. So thanks for not pointing that out. Don't worry, I saw it. And there might have been more and maybe I didn't see the other ones, but they're in there. There's like... I messed up the interview with Aaron. There's like three things, three interactions missing. Oh, I don't know. Terrible. Uh, but anyway, we're back at it. And the December edition is coming down the pike real soon. Probably sometime this week. Probably this weekend at this point, but maybe sooner. It's not impossible. It was going to be like this Wednesday, but then I sold a guitar today and I have to ship it to Denmark, which is crazy. But there you go. And uh, so that's going to take up a little bit of my mental process. Like I wasn't going to be working on the zine tonight because I'm doing this, but I was maybe going to be working on it tomorrow. But now tomorrow I have to box a guitar and international. Ugh. Just what a nightmare. So the moral of the story is it's probably going to be more like this weekend when it comes out. But here's what you can look forward to. OK, spent grains issue two. What do we got? Well, the usual suspects. We got some pub trivia. You know it. We got some horoscopes. 
just in case you believe in that garbage. By the way, I made them all up myself. They're completely fictitious, but wonderful, unless you're a few specific of uh, the uh, star signs. Uh, hey, Rob. And what else do we have? An interview with the recently uh, voted uh, Brewer of the Year, Canadian Brewer of the Year. You bet. I got my finger on the pulse, guys. I also happen to know the Canadian Brewer of the Year, so that made it a little easier. We didn't have to go through some introductions. I just messaged. Hey, you want to do an interview? No, not in person. Just right now over this. And then I'm going to screen grab all these and stick them on a page. Literally with glue. Anyway, uh, also, and I'm really excited about this one. I got a guest writer who is going to rant at you uh, about just being a good guest and enjoying whatever beer you get offered. It's a revolutionary statement. It's important for this moment in our history and for people in general. And uh, yeah, you know, the other stuff, there's a, there's a beer review. It's great. There will be some events. Uh, what else is in there? A comic. Oh, shoot. I haven't done a comic yet. Well, here's the deal, kids. If you're listening to this or watching this wherever, if you like to draw comics and you think you can draw a four panel or less, so you could do a four, a three, a two, or just one big, like a New Yorker style comic. If, if that tickles your fancy, <laughs> our son used to call his, his genitals his fancy. So it's hard to say that now. Anyway, um, if that tickles your fancy, get at me. Hit me in the DMs wherever you're checking this out. If it's the actual podcast, look me up. Trying to be your podcast. Not hard to find. And uh, let me know because maybe I'll use your comic because otherwise I have to do it. And I'm not particularly good at that. So, uh, yeah, too much information, Rob. Tell me about it. You got kid, kid, kids, kid solo. She's going to start saying crazy stuff to you. Trust me. Uh, anyway, if you want to draw a comic for Spent Grains, if that's your sh your shtick, your thing, I'd love to have you. Let me know. Alternatively, if you're interested in writing something, fire me a proposal, I think is what you're supposed to say when you're a mature uh, person who deals with this sort of stuff. Um, the person who... Uh, uh, wrote the guest article we're still trying to figure out if we're going to say who they actually are but they just messaged me and said hey can i write an article and i said yeah sounds good and then they sent the article and i said that's perfect let's run with that so it could be that easy i digress check out spent grains if you haven't looked it up yet look up on instagram at spent grains zine that's all one word s-p-e-n-t G-R-A-I-N-S-Z-I-N-E. That's the tricky part for some people. Zine. Z-I-N-E. Easy to find. Uh, check the bio. There's a link to the digital version and the print version. You can take it either way. If you are the proprietor of a bar or a brewery or whatever, if you want to take those, those printable ones and print them out and leave them around your brewery, I would be much obliged. Uh, if you are an individual who just wants to read it on your phone, Go with the, the web one, the digital one. It's a PDF. You can just read it on your phone. But uh, however you consume it, I think it's fun. I like it. I'm pretty excited about it. Pretty excited about the December one. It's a holiday e thing, but it's not crazy holiday -y, so don't worry. It's not like the Christmas extravaganza. 
So you don't have to worry about that. It's just passingly Christmassy. Uh, the Sounds Good to Me, by the way, which is the pairing of beer with uh, music, that's all Christmas. So if that's not your thing, suck an egg. Anyway, uh, that's what we got going down. Spent Grains coming out. That's the PSA. Look it up. It's going to drop sometime this week within the next six calendar days. The next issue will be ready. I will print it on this uh, inkjet right behind me. And then I'll rescan it for all of you to see. That's what we're doing. Other than that, next week, what are we going to do? I got to be honest with you, it's probably going to be the Christmas extravaganza. So if that's not your thing, don't tune in. But if it is, tune in. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll wear a goofy hat. Ostensibly, I'm going to drink something Christmassy. But I don't know what it is yet. If you got an idea, send it my way. Happy always happy to entertain suggestions i always entertain them i don't always take them but i always entertain them anyway other than that i gotta run it's getting late kids and i'm an old man have yourself a good night oh one more quick little side note that i think most people listening to this will have no idea and they won't care ben johnson says he's gonna join the christmas show heck yes he is you heard it first here ben johnson on the christmas extravaganza it's coming down the pike. Also, quick little side note. This has just been warming my heart all day. A huge congratulations to my friend, Andrew Norton, who just signed a contract to play for the Toronto Arrows, your professional rugby union team in Toronto. Norton joins us from South Africa via Spain, where he played most of his professional rugby career, including getting capped for the Spanish national team through what we call residency, which means he lived there for a long enough time. He played uh, for Spain and actually, I believe, scored a try in his first appearance uh, to help win the game against Russia. Not a slouch on the lower tiered rugby level. So big ups to him. I met Norton last year playing rugby. He is a fantastic fella and we are so proud and excited at Balmy that uh, one of our own has joined. Again, we've had a few uh, joined the ranks of the Toronto Arrows. Looking forward to seeing you on the pitch uh, this spring, Norton. Up the beach, buddy. Anyway, that's it. That's what we got tonight. Have a good night. Be good to each other. Take care of somebody if you can. And I will be back here seven days. Christmas with Ben.